From Jerusalem, this is Baruch Gartner with the Living Aligned Podcast. Teachings from the Hasidic Masters, providing the tools you need to live with greater vitality, connection, and joy. There's a part of the Zohar called the Zohar Chodosh. There are sections of it that talks about Echa. Those that lived in Eretz Israel sent a letter to the rabbis in Bavil. And they said the following, We understand that you guys are in exile, and you probably feel the pain of the loss of the base of Mikdash. But I want you to know that your pain is nothing compared to our pain. And I'm telling you this because I want you to know that there's different levels of feeling the loss. The closer you are to the thing that you lose, the more you feel that loss. So they wrote the following. They said, we want you to know that we understand that you're the guys in Gullus, but I want you to know the loss of the base of Migdash was like the loss of our mommy. She was the one that nursed us. She was the one that consoled us. We go to her room and all we see is the vacant walls. And we bang our heads against the walls and crying, where is our mommy? Ones that are the closest to the Shekhinah, the divine presence, are the ones that feel the loss the greatest. And from Rav Tzvi Meyer, over and over again, he would say, everybody takes part in the wedding, but it's only the really, really close people that come to console the kid. Everything about Tisha B'Av depends on how much a person understands, how much a person feels the loss. The question is, what does a person do when a person doesn't feel it? What does a person do when a person doesn't feel connected to the subject? In the Shulchan Aruch, in the laws of Tishabov, it brings down that there's a prevalent custom, like this year, that falls out Shabbos before Tishabov. One heir of Tishabov, we only learn those things that are pertinent to Tishabov. And therefore, there's a custom Shabbos afternoon not to say Pirkeavos. On Tishabov, why don't we learn Torah? Because Torah brings joy to the heart. This is not obligatory. This is a custom. Mishnabur says that the five things that aren't permissible on Tisha B'Av, like eating, washing, are yes permissible up until sunset. And the reason that a person on Erev Tisha B'Av should only learn the things that are pertinent on Tisha B'Av is because a person can learn those things that are permissible on Tisha B'Av. Meaning it's not as if you can't learn, you just can't learn whatever you want. You have to learn the sad stuff. Many of the halachic authorities held on to this practice, but there are those that objected to this custom. And the head of them is the Rashal. The Vilnagon also would learn on Erev Tisha B'av whatever he wanted up until sunset. Now the Mishabur quotes the Mama Mordechai. And he says, this is a wonder, this custom of not learning on Erev Tisha B'Av. One doesn't have to be stringent in this area. One shouldn't restrict himself from learning whatever he wants on the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av. And what the Rav says, that a person could learn things that are permitted on Tisha B'Av, I say it's not a good enough reason. Lefisha ain adam lo this is our subject matter for today. A person only learns what he wants to learn. Our eyes see. 
Many people who are considered to be Torah scholars are lax in their learning the things that are permissible on Tisha B'Av because it's difficult for them. They don't enjoy it. It's not what they're normally used to learning. And I include myself among them, says the great Tzaddik, the Mama Mordechai. Therefore, I'm not worried about this line of thinking. And my opinion is to even lean towards learning whatever you want, even on a regular day, Erev Tisha B'Av. Because of the situation of our generation, that instead of learning what people are allowed to learn, they go out into the street and fool around and totally forget the aura of the day. And I think this is really important. Therefore, I want to go deep into this because this is not only pertinent to the laws of Tisha B'Av, which I usually don't start talking about laws in our meetings, but I think that it's a very big foundation in serving God and in life itself. Because we have to admit that it matters if we're connected to the subject matter or not. If a person is not really connected to what's going on, he's just waiting for that minute to be over. He cannot be present if he's not connecting to what's happening. And if he does, and that's why it's so important to understand the Panemius of Torah, the inner workings of Torah. If you don't understand Tisha B'Av, you can't connect to Tisha B'Av. And if you can't understand a mitzvah, you can't connect to the mitzvah. And that's really what a mitzvah is. A mitzvah is there for connections. We have to understand the inner workings, the deep meaning of things. And we're going to see in a second this all has to do with our life rectification. Because Every single one of us came to the world for a reason. And therefore, there's a concept called libo chafetz, where a person's desire lies. In the place of your desire, that's your soul rectification. So the obvious question, what does one do when a person feels like he doesn't connect to what's in front of him? And all the more so, what does one do when he doesn't connect to Tisha B'Av? After all, this building that we're lamenting over, none of us ever saw. We're not the guys who feel like their mommy just was taken away from them. We're not even the guys that were exiled to Babylonia. We were born in the exile and we're unconsciously anesthetized inside of the exile in a stupor of telling ourselves that we're happy. The root of this concept that a person only learns what his heart desires is a Gemara in Avodazor 18b. It begins with the question, is it permissible to go to a stadium or a theater? Like why in the world would a person go to a stadium? Was he a fool? Doesn't he know there's a Torah in the world? And I think it's very important to point out that people today are being entertained on a very, very high level. And on the other hand, our ability today to plug into spirituality, especially this subtle spirituality of consoling the king in his time of mourning, is much more difficult today. Obviously, people who cannot connect with Torah have to fill their void. They have to get their joy from somewhere. But is this the real inner peace that we're looking for? Therefore, the Gemara brings a proof text from the first words of Psalms. Happy is the man that doesn't go in the ways of the wicked, who doesn't sit in the place of the scoffers. 
but rather his desire is in the Torah's Hashem. That's where the real serenity of life is. And because the Gemara is dealing with the first chapter of Psalms, so the Gemara goes into this idea of the next verse in Psalms. And it brings a very interesting story. Rebbe was teaching two students. One was his son, Shimon. The other was Levi. They had just finished a book. And the Rebbe asked his two students, what do you guys want to learn next? One of them says, Psalms. The other one says, Mishle. And Rebbe said, bring me Psalms. Rebbe started to expound on Psalms. And when he got to the second verse, that a person should desire to learn Hashem's Torahs, Rebbe said, a person only learns what his heart desires. Levi got up and says, Rebbe, please excuse me. I don't want to learn Psalms. So the question is, what happens when a person is presented with material that he doesn't connect with, especially Tisha B'Av? Can a person trust his feelings? Can a person just get up and say, I'm not interested in Tisha B'Av? According to my understanding, the answer to our question lie in the Gemara itself in its explanation of the second verse of Psalms itself. The verse says, rather in the Torah of Hashem should be his desire, and in his Torah he should toil day and night. First the verse calls it the Torah of Hashem, and then it calls the Torah his Torah. Chazal tell us, Torah to meaning in the beginning, when it's difficult for him, when he doesn't understand, when it's not something that he, his heart is drawn after, that's called the Torah of Hashem. But after a person toils in it and he makes it his, then he'll want to learn day and night. Especially in our generation, there are things that are one step beyond our reach and we just have to make a toil in order to make that Torah of Hashem my Torah. So when it comes to things that you could say, well, that's just my cup of tea, that's okay, you know, like not going into gematrias, you know, <laughs> it doesn't speak to me. But when it's something like the base of Mikdash, I think we should push it a little bit harder and try and find out how can I make that relevant to me. I want to share with you Torah 67 and the second part of the Kutimaran. This is Rev Nachman talking about the importance of lamenting over the base of Mikdash. Says Rabbi Nachman, what was, was. And like I said before, it's very hard for a person to be present in the past. The base of Mikdash was already burned. It's, it's already gone. Ach now, right now, Hashem wants to, desires, mitzapeh, he's yearning to come back to us and build the base of Mikdash. And therefore, it's fit for us not to hold it back. This is the Breslev outlook on the redemption. Don't hold the redemption back. A person should try and build the base of Mikdash with his days. Okay, therefore it's very important for a person to get up at midnight and lament over the destruction of the Holy Temple. Rav Nachman says, why? What's the reason? How's a person do that? I never saw the base of Mikdash. I don't feel it says Rabbi Nachman, maybe in one of your previous incarnations, you are one of the people that caused the destruction, and therefore right now in your life, 
is is your soul rectification and there's a small wall between you and the soul of the matter. Even if not, maybe it's you that's holding back the building of the base of Mikdash and it's as if you're causing it to be destroyed. As Chazal say, every generation that the base of Mikdash is not being built, it's as if it's being destroyed. Make it real for you. Have contacts with it. Don't give up. The base of Mikdash is our mame. It's our source of sustenance. It's our source of consolation. Hashem promises that all those that shed a tear over Zion, He'll replace our mourning with splendor. May we merit this Tishabov to all come together with Mashiach in the third and final holy temple. Always stay connected and subscribe now to the Living Align podcast.